In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the month of Tut, and we read the famous story about the sinful woman who um, came to see the Lord when he was dining in the house of Simon the Pharisee, and seeing him, she fell down to the ground, and she weeped, and she washed the feet of Christ in repentance and asking for the forgiveness of her sins. And while this is happening, Simon, the Pharisee whose house it is that this all happened in, was thinking to himself, and we read this in verse 39, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And we see clearly in the story how this woman is coming with a very sincere heart seeking to uh, be forgiven and how the Lord is so compassionate on her without judgment and, and, and allowing her to come and to touch him and to offer this, um, this act of repentance to him, forgiving her. All the while, Simon the Pharisee is being filled with judgment and looking on this scene and thinking that, um, that, that this woman is, is a sinner, that she has no chance of redemption and that the Lord himself should not be um, um, allowing her even to touch him. So I'm going to speak a little bit about judgment we all fall into this sin of judgment and struggle with it when we see people around us maybe who are not doing what they should be doing and maybe our heart is filled with judgment for them. The first point I want to make um, before we dive into what Simon himself did is the idea that the scripture calls this woman a sinful woman, that she is sinful in the sense that she was an adulteress, she had a bad reputation, she was well known for the life of sin that she was, that she was leading. And when Simon saw her, recognizing her sin and recognizing who he was, uh, who she was, he was offended by, by her. And the Lord never denied the fact that she was a sinner. Actually, the Lord condemns sin. And, and even as we say that we should not judge one another, this does not mean that we should not judge the sin. This, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't discern what is right and wrong. It doesn't mean that we should, we should overlook sin or consider that sin is not a serious offense or something that, we sh that should be dealt with. Um, actually, in 1 Corinthians 15, St. Paul, he says, Do not be, be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And even when St. Paul was speaking to the Corinthians about a man who was living a life of sin, and he rebuked the church for not dealing with it quickly and not f for not rebuking this man for what, what, what he was doing. So we are asked to judge evil. But in this case, Simon the Pharisee, he was not judging the evil. He was judging the woman that even when she would come with the spirit of repentance, seeking to be forgiven from her sins, that Simon did not even allow this, and he did not care for her even to be forgiven. So how is it that the Pharisee judged the sinful woman? The first is he judged her to have no value. He judged her to have no value at all. Because she had a reputation for sin, she was considered by him to be like subhuman, like not, not at the same level as any other human being. She did not have value. He did not want her to be in his house. She was a nuisance to him and certainly an interruption of his dinner party, and he did not care at all for her to be there. She did not deserve to be in his company or in the company of the Lord. This was the first way that he judged her. He judged her by simply looking at her as someone that is worthless. You have no value. You should not be here. Um, I have no interest in your life. I have no interest in your salvation. I have no interest at all in your actions because you are a sinful woman and you have a sinful reputation and that's simply who you are and that can never change. That's the first way that the Pharisee judged the sinful woman. The second way he judged her is that she was unworthy of redemption. 
He believed that there was no possibility for her to change. He believed that even if she comes and asking for forgiveness from the Lord, that, that this is not going to change anything. She will remain in his eyes forever to be a sinful woman. She will not be the forgiven woman. She will not be the redeemed woman. She will always be the sinful woman. And so her reputation and her past mistakes define who she is. And that can never change. No good deed, no act of confession or forgiveness. There will be nothing ever that she can do to overcome her reputation in his eyes and who she is in his eyes. So this was a cold judgment. He had no empathy for her. And he certainly did not understand her situation or believe at all that she could change. That was the second way that he judged her. The third way he judged her was that he saw himself to be a far better person than her. Certainly he believed that he was more holy than her. He did not commit the same kinds of sins that she did. Maybe these external, obvious, condemnable sins that she committed, that she had a bad reputation for, he did not do. And so everyone looked at him as being a righteous man. When they looked at her, they saw her to be a sinful woman. Pharisees were known for following the law very strictly, and he had a good reputation among the people. And so he looked at himself, and he saw nothing to condemn. And so it was easy for him, in his lofty place, to condemn another who he, he judged that she was her life was nothing but full of sins. We maybe do this also. We, we are quick to judge others for sins that they commit, especially if sins that are public, sins that are obvious, that are well seen by everyone. And maybe we overlook the sins that we ourselves commit that we do not pay attention to those sins, we excuse those sins, we find excuses for ourselves. Why is it that I fall into the whatever sins that I commit? But when it comes to other people, instead of, uh, in instead of finding excuses for them, we easily condemn. Number four, he judged actually Christ himself to be either ignorant or unholy. Whenever he says, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this was who touched him that the Simon even judged God himself. This is how much pride he was filled with. This is how much judgment he was filled with, that he would look to God and he would judge God himself, believing that he was more righteous than God. Which this revealed clearly that he did not understand God. He did not understand salvation. He did not understand the mercy of God. He did not understand even the scripture that he claimed to study and understand so well. He did not understand. The God who was the God of the Old Testament who is also the God of the New Testament, is a God of mercy. He is a God who is willing and quick to accept those who come to him in a spirit of repentance, but certainly this man was not this at all. All he cared about was cold judgment without second chances. And so how is it that this man, Jesus, who is claiming to be a man of God, how is it that he could allow such a sinful woman to touch him? You know, why is he even allowing her to enter? Why is he speaking to her at all? Either Jesus must not be a prophet or he must not be a man of God or he was morally compromised and not caring about sin. The only way he could explain why the Lord would allow this woman to come. He never once considered in this whole story that he himself was the one who was mistaken. That he himself was the one with a heart that was cold, that was not um, allowing for second chances, that was not allowing for repentance. And certainly Simon the Pharisee, when he would look in his own heart, he would find nothing to condemn because he did not know himself. He did not understand that he himself was a sinner. So again, it is easy for us to judge other people when we do not know ourselves. It is easy for us. This is why when, when we sit with ourselves, when we examine ourselves, we should not shy away from what we find. 
Um, when we find wickedness, when we find envy, when we find lust, when we find jealousy, when we find whatever manner it is that we find, we should be honest with ourselves and say, this is inside me. This is a part of me. This is who I am. And yes, I want to change. And this drives me to confess and it also drives me to compassion. Because when I see other people that also have failings, whether they're the exact failings I have or different ones, I have mercy on them. Because I know that I myself, the only way that I have salvation is because of the mercy of God, not because of my goodness, not because of the good things that I do. And so I have mercy and compassion on others. Here again, Simon the Pharisee, he condemned God himself. And he said that God is not dealing with her in the right way. So what are some questions that we should ask ourselves before we judge others? The first question we should ask ourselves when we see a situation unfold before our eyes or when we hear that a certain person has done a certain thing, when we are kind of tempted to judge, when those thoughts of judgment come to my mind, the first question I should ask is, do I understand the full story? You know, how many times is it that we prejudge something without understanding the full story and then once we discover what it actually is, we realize that we had, we had the wrong idea of it all along, that maybe the actions of the people we are judging are actually justified, that there isn't anything wrong with what it is that they did, it's just I didn't understand their motivation. Or even if what they did was, was wrong, but now I understand maybe that they were under a lot of stress or a lot of pressure, or there were other factors that I didn't understand that, that made me have a better understanding of why is it that the people did what they did. How is it that they were raised? What environment was it in? What other situations in their life contributed to the way that they are acting now? So it's quick for us to attribute wrong actions to evil or to insanity or to whatever the case might be when we don't know a person. But when we learn more about them, when we begin to understand them, maybe we can understand more why is it that they behave that they, like they do. That doesn't justify the sin, but it also makes it easier for us to avoid judgment because I, I can say that the sin is, yes, it's evil, but I can understand that the person themselves, maybe they, they, they are struggling against it in a, because of a difficult situation that they're experiencing, just as I myself am struggling with different kinds of sins. Which is the second point. Do I remember my own sins in those moments of judgment? Before I begin to throw stones at another person, do I ask myself, have I committed this sin in the past? You know, I always use the the example of like when you're driving in traffic and um, sometimes when we become very frustrated in traffic, when you've been driving in traffic for over an hour and when you're late to an appointment and you just want to get there as fast as you can and maybe the way that we drive is not the best way. And maybe the way that we drive to get to where we want to go, we are, we are not driving you know, with the greatest etiquette. Um, and we justify ourselves with this because we say, well, I'm late and, and I'm frustrated because the traffic is so bad, and so on and so on. We make excuses for ourselves. But when another person um, cuts us off, we don't make such excuses for them. We, we, we consider them to be horrible drivers. They shouldn't be on the road. They should never have been given a license. How is it that this person could even be so callous and uncaring to drive the way that they do? So, so it's, it's clear when we look at ourselves that we, we often do not remember our own weaknesses, especially in those moments where we are challenged, especially in those moments where we are uh, affected. Do we remember who we are? Do we remember our past? Do we remember our present? 
Or maybe we don't commit the same sins that other people commit, but we commit different ones. And oftentimes, people who judge others um, a lot, the sins that they commit are hidden. Maybe they're sins of the thoughts. Or maybe they're sins that are done in private, in secret, that nobody sees and nobody knows. As compared to those whose sins and weaknesses are more public, the things that people know about, just like this woman. This woman's sins were very clear and public and known, and that's why she had a reputation as being a sinner. But the sins of Simon the Pharisee were not as public. They were not as known. He did not have a reputation for sin. And yet, after this encounter, who is it that was condemned? It was actually Simon the Pharisee. It was not the woman. So our eyes are not good indicators of, of, of sin. Our eyes are not good indicators to judge anything. The Lord is the one who sees what is hidden and what is secret. So even if I see someone who is making clear mistakes, right, um, I should ask myself, do I also sin um, in that way or in, in different ways, even though if it is not obvious? Another question that I ask myself is, do I want to be judged by others? How is it that I want to be treated? Don't we want to be given second chances? Don't, want, don't we want people to have mercy on us? Don't we want people not to be quick to judge us? So if we want this for ourselves, then should not we also do the same for others and give them opportunity after opportunity um, to change and to grow? The last point I want to mention is um, one, of the, uh, one of the things we should consider when we are getting ready to judge is bearing with the weaknesses of others. Do I bear with the weaknesses? Do I acknowledge that there are weaknesses in the world? There are weaknesses in myself and there are weaknesses in other people. In Romans 15, it says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. The very basis of the salvation that the Lord offers us is based on bearing our weaknesses without judgment. And the idea that, yes, the Lord judges sin, but he did not consider us to be untouchable. He did not consider us to be without opportunity for redemption. He didn't consider us to be so wicked that there was no way for us to change or be redeemed. And this is why he came and he bared our sin. He bared our sin. So we also, when we are speaking to other people, when we are dealing with other people, we should try our best to be a support and a teacher and an encourager. And yes, even a rebuker. Again, when rebuking someone is not the same as judging, God actually calls us to rebuke sin and to call it out. But even as I rebuke a person for something that they've done wrong, what is my attitude and my motivation for such rebuke? Is, there, is the rebuke a judgment? Is the rebuke because I feel like I'm better than you, so I have to, um, you know, I have to you know, lord it over you or to make you feel bad about what you've done? Or is the rebuke a desire for me to see your salvation, a desire for me to see you draw closer to God? This is good. Lack of judgment doesn't mean that we never offend. Lack of judgment doesn't mean that we consider everything to be fine and we tolerate sin. No, lack of judgment means that we call out the sin, but at the same time, we believe that the person still has an opportunity for salvation and that God can forgive them and we remember our own sins before we remember the sins of others. So in conclusion, at the end of this story, the Lord rebukes Simon, the Pharisee, for his judgmental attitude. And he declares that this woman actually loves him more than he does, and this is why she is forgiven. She has experienced the love of God. 
And because she has experienced the love of God and the forgiveness of God, so she loves herself. And she recognized her need for God because of her sin. So the only way for us to truly realize our need of salvation is to recognize our sinfulness. When we spend all of our time judging other people, what we are saying is, I do not need salvation because I am the judge. I am the one who determines what is right and wrong, and I'm the one who applies this on everyone. She was not the judge. She recognized that she was worthy of the judgment, but at the same time, she asked God for his mercy. Simon, on the other hand, he did not know his own sin. He did not recognize it in himself. And for him, the Lord was just another dinner guest, and this was just a curiosity to him. When he invited the Lord into his house, he did not invite him because he wanted salvation. He did not invite him because he felt that he was a sinner and he wanted the Lord to come. Actually, last week we spoke about Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, when he came into the house, of, uh, the Lord, when he came into the house of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was prepared and ready to, to repent. And he offered a, a sincere repentance to the Lord. And the Lord said, today salvation has come to this house. Look how different this um, example is before us today. The Lord also went into the house of Simon the Pharisee. But Simon the Pharisee did not have an attitude of repentance. He had an attitude of judgment. So the Lord never said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Simon never offered any kind of repentance. He never admitted any sin that he had. So she was the one who walked out justified, and yet Simon the Pharisee remained in his sin. So this is a question for us. The Lord is available. The Lord is with us. The Lord is in our houses. The Lord is present. But just because the Lord is present, what is it that I receive from the Lord? Does the Lord say to me, today salvation has come to this house? Or does he rebuke us because of our judgmental attitude? This is because it's up to me. If I come to the Lord with, with a, a desire for forgiveness, the Lord will forgive and he will bless. But if I come to the Lord with a, with a spirit of judgment that I judge others and I judge God himself, then I will walk away unjustified as just this Simon the Pharisee has done. So we learned today a lot of important lessons about the forgiveness of God and about judgment. And we should always remember these points when we come to judge another person. Do I believe that a person is without value? Do I believe that a person is unworthy of redemption? Do I believe that I myself am better than others? These are important things for us to always keep in mind. May God grant us always to have mercy on one another the way that he has mercy on us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.